Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Hey, Ralph. Well, Ralphie, Ralphie, Andrew, and Dave. All right, I got uh, a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's a joke, all right? And I'll tell you why. You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph. I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Now, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You piece of shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious? Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder? Huh? You gotta get cut people down all the time? Is that what you gotta do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shooter out! <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If you are a patron, you're getting this one on Sunday night four days before everybody else. If you're listening to it in the free version and you're like, I hate the ads. It's so many ads. I don't like it. Become a patron. Then you don't have to worry about ads. You get it early and you get access to our Discord channel. You can get the booze bundle. You can get the Saints Survi- Season Survival Mug if you become an annual patron. Uh, you know, 
The thing is, My wife. get that sent off to you, so you should do it. Become a patron. It's amazing. Andrew, before we start the show, we should mention to people that uh, the Discord bots ate the show, spit it out as speaking spell, so we have to record it again. This is the second version. I'm hoping that my jokes are tighter, crisper, and uh, my analysis is more uh, pointed than the first time we did this. Well, I feel like every time this happens, and it's pretty rare, um, but when we have to just redo a show, you become a lot less patient with me, and so... (laughs) You just like because I'm repeating what I already yeah, said. Right. You've already heard it, and so you're like you cut me off mid sentence. So like I already know how this is going to go down, and I, I grab myself a beer to prepare for it. So I just want to. I hope you guys out there, if you're listening to this, uh, we're we're recording this on a Friday, but I don't know what day you'll hear this. But yeah, um, I just want to tell you guys, cheers, um, and uh, I'm I'm having a beer. That's Hopefully right. you're having one virtually with me. It's two thirty on a Friday. Uh, but you know, I went for a run today, and you know, so I'm 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 That's ready right. for the weekend. Yeah, when we when we have to do this, we we haven't actually had to do a redo in a long time because we have such great technical issues with Thomas, and he does a great job. And it was my fault; I forgot to I forgot to record the triple backup, and uh, that it got eaten. But usually, like when we when we've had to redo it in the past. A thirty-minute podcast becomes fifteen minutes because I'm like, I already heard this. I don't want to get it. Move yeah. along. Well, it's funny <laughs> that um, I, I always kind of make fun of you for having three backups. You like have a backup to the backup to the backup, and I'm like, Ralph, but doesn't that seem kind of excessive? Like, it, but you know, sure enough, like this, you should have had one more backup this time <laughs> That's around. Right. That's the first thing. That's the first thing, Thomas. When I when I when I when I did when I was t- de- uh, messaging me in Discord, I was like, both of the freaking bots failed and spit it out like a speaking spell. He'd even say, "Oh, that's bad. I feel bad for you, Ralph." No, the first, the only thing he did, did you re- did you record an OBS? I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't. God damn it! But anyway, people don't care about our technical problems. So this podcast, I, I want to talk about it. In this sense, the, the, the combine it happens, everything's going on. The receivers are ridiculous. They had, I think, 20 something of them run sub 4 4 or better, right? And when I saw that, my thinking was, oh my God, they got a ton of receivers to pick, and the Saints have a second and a third run pick. Maybe picking a receiver at 18 isn't going to be the absolute necessity or direction the Saints need to go in. They need a fixed receiver, but you got incredible depth in the draft. You got free agency. Maybe picking a receiver at 18 isn't how they're going to go, and maybe, important, more importantly, Andrew, maybe it's not how they need to go. Yeah, well, so you know, going back, and I recommend that anyone that didn't hear Mickey Loomis or Jeff Ireland speak, I mean, great nuggets of information there. Mickey Loomis had a couple interesting insights. You know, first of all, he acknowledged that receiver is a huge need for this team. He's like, look, Traquan's about to be a free agent. Deontay's the RFA. Uh, we've got to fix receiver. We, we've got to fill out the room, and, and we've got to figure that out. So he, he, he has already said, and I think that's music to Saints fans' ears because we've all been screaming that from the rooftops for a while now. Uh, it's nice to hear Mickey say it too. Um, but you know, he also said, look, receiver used to be a thing. And I agree with him where it took three years for a guy to develop. That's not the case anymore because college teams, really high school teams, they're throwing it all over the yard now. And so receivers are much further along in their development 
and their ability to run the route tree. Uh, they're, they're better coached. Uh, and it all comes back to college football just being way more explosive of a passing game, uh, which has translated into these receivers being further along. I think on top of that, you add 700 more people in the draft this year yeah. than there was last year because well, of the COVID rules. Guys being extended, you got 25, 24-year-old rookies. Uh, but uh, the, like you said, this class is super, super deep. Well, it just goes – everything goes in cycles. And it used to be, you know, when I worked at Buddy D, I would always ask Mike you when he would come in the office, I'd be like, what are the easiest positions to grade and what are the – There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hardest positions to grade. And he would always say, offensive line is the easiest to grade because they have to do something every play. Nowadays, with the spread in college... That's not true anymore, and it's really hard to get offensive linemen because it's a projection game, right? You're like, he has all the skills, but Baylor is running this weird spread, and 35 40% of the time, he's not doing that much. So it's harder to grade, and it's the flip side. With receivers, teams are throwing it all over the yard, so you get a lot better and good film. Uh, so we'll see. I, my, my question to you is, as you look at these guys at receiver in the draft what do you think the Saints like you can pick a specific guy if you want but like what are the traits that they want is it going to be similar to what Sean Payton has said where you know they're going to look for a prototype but they're going to you're going to ask you you're going to need to know all the positions you're going to need to know how to block it are all those things going to stay the same you think going forward into the Dennis Allen era well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Pete Carmichael keeps a lot of the same principles, so I'm I'm sure it'll change a little bit, but I don't see it changing wholesale. It's not like they're bringing someone new in and ripping it to the studs and completely changing philosophy. So I, I do think it stays somewhat similar, um, but I got to tell you, you know, and, and I want to get back to your original point here, which is that the Saints don't need to take a guy in the first round. Interesting thought, interesting comment. Um I think this draft is extremely deep at receiver, extremely. And this combine so far has done nothing but confirm that for me. And, you know, what's interesting is, as you look at, and look, Isaiah Weston, 9.98 RAS score. Christian Watson of North Dakota State, 9.98. RAS, Kevin Austin God. Of Notre Dame, 
Yeah, nine eight nine. Alec Pierce, that's a guy you like a lot. He's my guy. He's, he's, he's white. He's fast. He will sell an incredible amount of jerseys. He's like he'll be like the Bitcoin version of uh, Saints receivers if they draft him. He'd be like Keith Pool 2.0. Yeah, so Alec Pierce is is, is big. Uh, everyone's talking about Tyquan Thornton, who ran sub four three out of Baylor. Um, and that dude, he looked like limit. a he looked like a gazelle, like a dinosaur running. Yeah. He was, it so, was incredible. The receivers in, at the combine killed it. And look, the combine is underwear Olympics. I think it's important to remember that there's three things you really look at. Number one is the tape. Always the tape. That that's the governing body over how these guys are going to translate to the next level. So tape watching, I think, and and I I understand a lot of you guys listening, a lot of fans they they don't want to get into that, but like I, I think at least in terms of NFL teams, that's that's the eye in the sky. That's the best thing mm-hmm. that you can use to evaluate a player. I actually think number two is interviews, player interviews, because then you get a chance to really get a feel for do they fit your culture, what makes them tick. Uh, what's between the ears. Those are all really important things to evaluate in a player. And by the way, I will say the Saints probably ramped up their belief in the RAS score system the last couple of years because they've been so restricted by interviews. It's either been, they haven't been able to have players come visit them because of COVID. They've had to do Zoom meetings. Um, a lot of times that's been super restricted. They've had, you know, the combine was super restricted. And so they'd have to weigh the pro days a little bit more heavily. So anyway, you know, I, I think this year they're, they may drop the Raz stuff ever so slightly. I mean, you saw you heard Jeff Ireland say, yeah, we might lower our minimums just a little bit at a couple positions. So, you know, I, I do think they'll weigh that more heavily. And so you come into the combine with, like, questions about a bunch of guys. And I think that's where you can maybe answer some of those questions where you say, ah, this guy's a little small, like he's not as strong as we would want him to be, but like if his cone and his shuttle time and his verticals are stupid, then maybe that justifies taking him, even though you don't love something about him, right? Or if you're like, yeah, he's not fast enough, but like he runs crazy routes and like it looks good on film and then you interview him and he fits your culture to a T and he says all the right things and you're like, yeah, you can justify taking this player. So I I think those are big items that can sway you know a a team's decision and uh so i I give that caveat but that being said the guys at the top to me kind of bomb this combine so far Uh, i'm talking about garrett wilson and and chris olave the two ohio state guys it's not that they bombed because they ran stupid fast times um you know they were both sub four four but olave and wilson both had question marks coming in due to their frames. They're just smaller players. They're sub six foot, they're sub 190 pounds, and they just don't really have the size. And so then you start to ask yourself about durability. And then you look at Garrett Wilson run, and and by all accounts, he's, he's the favorite, right? He's supposed to be the best receiver in this class. Runs an awful shuttle time. So all of a sudden you're like, "Eh, agility, like not as good as I thought maybe. And then you look at Olave, he's already kind of short and small, terrible vertical leap. So you're like, oh, okay. Like it just I guess it depends didn't... what the what the tape says, right? Like if you if a guy if you watch the tape and you're like, Man, he, he struggles in contested catches, he struggles to go up and fight for the ball, and then they do the combine, and you're like, Oh yeah, he his 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 leap stunk. Or it yeah. might be, Man, his leap stunk, but 
he still gets up there and fights for the ball just yeah, fine. Well, no, his leap stunk, stinks, but like he, he's very good at timing and high pointing the ball. Olave is on tape, so mm-hmm. you know that that's something that you evaluate. But then you look at you know, Jahan Dotson of Penn State. He's another guy that that's small, and so you're looking for like his three cone was awful. So you're like, okay, not great agility. That's a concern. Traylon Burks, he's got the size. You love his weight. Yeah, out of Arkansas, but he runs a four-five-five, and his three cone is horrible. So it's like, ugh. Like I actually feel like these guys that are being heavily talked about. Uh, the other guy is uh, out of USC, Drake London. He didn't run. He he didn't do any of the drills. So, you know, you're still waiting on a RAS score for him. But I, I will say, it's receiver is interesting in the sense that the top maybe took a hit, and everyone behind them. I think is raised. And so now you look at how well these receivers are doing at the combine and you, and, and it, and it confirms what Jeff Ireland said, which is you really can wait till the second round or third round or fourth round or fifth round to get a guy that can contribute for you in year one. There's a lot of talented guys and, and make no mistake, Ralph, like I still think Olave Garrett Wilson, and we haven't even talked about Jameson Williams who, you know, is recovering from ACL, but I, I think they're all good players. Like I think they're going to be good NFL players, there are just questions where all of a sudden you start to ask yourself, do I take them at 18 or can I take someone else and can I wait until the second or third round or, or the fifth round, you know, whatever. Yeah, because it, take it, a guy that has a higher RAS score that we like a lot too. It, be, it becomes a point of like, you look at it and you're like, you know, um, Olav or, 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 whoever has this score right and you're like he has the same score as this guard or don't don't ignore me ralph what's alave alave if alave if alave has the same score as like a guard or a tight end right you can be like listen we need to take the other position because the fall off if we don't take this guy between the next guy at his position is dramatic where like at wide receiver we got a bunch of guys kind of in that same range, and it's cool. Uh, so I, I think that matters a lot too. And yes. the free agency of receiver, you know, the Saints, they can say whatever they want about uh, – and I know multiple people have reported it that, hey, the Saints have said we're not going to be huge players the first two days of free agency. But I just want to remind people the Saints said the exact same thing. In 2018, they said, we're not going to be big players. Our team is set. We feel great about our young players. We feel great about our roster. We are not going to be big players the first two days of free agency. You know what they did day two in free agency, Andrew? They signed Demario Davis, and they signed Patrick Robinson. It didn't really make a lot of waves in national news because it wasn't huge signings. But Saints Twitter, we got excited. And I guarantee you, if they sign a receiver that's like DJ Shark or you know, if, if his prices go down – or Cedric Wilson from the, from the Cowboys, and they add Njoku at tight end, and they're five to seven million dollar players. It ain't gonna be a breaking news lead story in ESPN, but Saints Twitter will get freaking exciting, excited. So I just want to let people know, like, just because the Saints say they aren't gonna be big players in free agency the first two days, that's in their definition, in our definition of big players. They still may do some stuff early in free agency, and that can affect what they do at eighteen as far as drafting a receiver. 
Well, I, I still think w- when it comes to free agency, what happens at quarterback? And I'll, I'll say I'll start with Jameis. What happens with Jameis? What happens with Armstead? What happens with Marcus Williams? I think it starts and ends there. The team's fate for next season, I think, rests on their ability to keep those three players. If they lose two of the three, or God forbid, all three, then I think it's going to be tough to compete, if I'm being honest. But specific to this podcast, as we're talking about receivers, um, you know, going back to the draft thing real quick, I actually think it devalues the free agency market a little bit. And that, that's great news for the Saints, that the draft is so deep at receiver. I think a lot of teams look at it, they're like, well, we need a receiver. But once Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin and Devontae Adams, who's probably getting tagged, you know, once those guys are gone, then do we spend a ton of money on Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, or A.J. Green? Or, like, do we sink a bunch of money into those guys who are, like, yeah. not that exciting? Or do we go draft a dude? You know, do we sink a bunch of money into D.J. Chark, who is coming off a major injury? like, Or, or do we draft a guy because – that position is so yeah. deep and, and I think so I think the market is a little bit devalued and you know, I, I got to look at a guy like Zay Jones is a guy that I've thrown out there you offer him three years 16 million bucks and maybe maybe it lands like maybe you can get him for that I, I, I think that's probably a little low for what he's worth but like that's a guy who by the way he's a Raz god as you like to call him <laughs> he is. Um, and that that dude had a huge Raz score years ago but like he has size strength and you know, he had, he was in Buffalo. Um, he had some mental health issues after a pretty good season and uh, got traded to the Raiders. But he's just coming off his best season, 46, 47 catches, 546 yards. And he closed and, uh, strong for the Raiders. Closed strong. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's, mm-hmm. You know, he's got, you know, so so th- this would be a plan I would get behind. You know, you pick up a guy like that, let's say. Let's say they sign Zay Jones to an affordable contract, kind of like the Ted Ginn contract, right, that, that – uh, I envision, and you let Traquan walk. You find a way to bring Deontay back. All of a sudden, you got Zay Jones, you got Callaway, you got Michael Thomas coming back, and you have Harris, right? So you got four guys in the building. And uh, did I say Zay Jones? So you, you got yeah. four guys in the building. So then I think you draft one or two, and you don't have to go in the first round. Maybe you pick one in the second, and then maybe you pick one in the fourth or fifth, right? And so now all of a sudden, I think you have a great, a pretty good room to develop. And mm-hmm. and look. Like Callaway, I haven't given up on Marquez Callaway. And I just feel like with Callaway, he's a guy that he could ascend and step up and, and be number two on, on that team. Or if he continues to struggle, then you've got Zay Jones, you've got a couple rookies, and maybe one of them rises to the occasion and, and they're your number two and your number three. And Callaway's all the way down to number five. Yeah, I mean, you know, so honestly, I, I think that would be a big overhaul and, and big help to that room to, to have a plan. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, 
No chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for listening to Saints Happy Hour. We are a family here. You know what families do? They support each other. And if you aren't a patron, we need your support. All the great content you consume for free takes time and money. If you love the show and listen regularly, please become a patron. We need you. Supporting Saints Happy Hour can cost you as little as 23 cents a day. That's what the Saints should have paid Kenny Stills. So please, go to Patreon slash Saints Happy Hour and support the show today. Honestly, and, and, and I like him, so I, I don't hope this happens, but it could potentially be very good for the Saints is, like you say, they add Jones, they draft a couple dudes, and then when it gets closer to week one, you start reading Nick Underhill or whoever, and they're like, Callaway is just going to struggle to make this team. The Saints may trade him, and we'd hate it because I like Callaway. He's a great guy. He's a great story, UDFA, but that means the receiver room is has improved a ton and he's boom 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 down the pecking order and that's good for the saints in the long term so that that's something you you look for uh i just wonder like receiver it's so deep it's so deep in this draft from like player like 20 to 70 there's so many receivers in that group of going to be in that group of picks i wonder if not the top-end receivers, because I still think the top-end receivers, they're going to get their money. Mike Williams, Robinson, uh, even Amari Cooper, who says Dallas is going to cut. I still think he'll get a nice deal. But those secondary-tier guys, I wonder if teams... You remember the Saints when Adam Humphrey was a free agent from Tampa? And, and everybody was like, he'd be a great fit for the Saints. He's a great, He'd be a great fit, and I loved him. And then it came out, the Saints were like... Because I think he got three years, like th- or, or four years, like thirty-two million, or maybe more. And the Saints were like, "Yeah, we uh, loved yeah, Adam think, Humphrey. We love him at five million, million, not at nine. I think he got nope. ten million a year. Yeah, no way. So, but I wonder if that will be more teams where like Shark will be like teams will be like, we are not giving you three years of forty million dollars, buddy. You just you're coming off an injury. How about you take one year?" Seven and a half or two years, fifteen. You know, uh, and the the receiver market suddenly becomes really nice for the Saints. We'll have to see because listen, well, teams- well here here's what's interesting with the cap. Like quickly, is it, it's up, but it's not up as much as it should have been compared to, uh, you know. So the point I'm trying to make here is the one year contracts are still COVID affected in the sense that teams don't have a ton of room. Yeah. And so signing a guy to a one-year, $8 million deal is very financially prohibitive in terms of a maneuverability of a team. So, like, the one-year contracts, 
guys are still getting raked over the coals, especially like your good prove it veterans, your good veterans that are kind of forced into a prove it situation. Like the one year deals have sucked for a couple years now because of COVID, but the long term deals, the guys that have a career arc healthy and that are 26, let's say, coming into this free agency period, the cap's going to go to 250 in a couple years. So, like, those contracts should be absolutely freaking bananas ridiculous off the charts. So that that's a complication and a layer to this free agency is that, you know, sometimes these one-year deal guys get hosed. Yeah, and listen, not that we, you know, we're, we're a pro player here, but if the Saints could get a Cedric Wilson... Oh no, he's a he's a little bit younger, so he might not quite fit. But if they get a DJ Shark on a one year deal, like hell yeah, or or it wouldn't technically be a one year deal. It would be for the Saints. It would be a three year deal with avoidable year inside of right. avoidable year inside of a nesting. The Saints ball. are not in a position to offer players one year deals. Yeah, like if anything, I think their cap situation forces them. Yeah, I mean, it was like this with uh, what was this guy's name? Meredith, the receiver. Is it Cam? Was it Cam Meredith? That's right. Remember, they had to it, give him multiple years. They gave him two years, $10 million, yeah. Instead of one year, yeah. And, and also, like, they were trying to poach him from the Bears. But I, I think that's the rub, is teams that are up against it with the cap, they can't give a guy a one-year $10 million deal. It's too cap prohibitive. Now, I know they did that with Marcus Williams by franchise tagging him a year ago, so it's not that they can't do it. But in general, different. yeah, like, they're they're just more inclined to give three, four-year contracts so they can spread out the hit. Well, and here's the here's the thing with with wide receiver, and that, in that why I think it's less likely that they pick a wide receiver at eighteen is I really think the Saints are it's a different world in a sense of the last four years we knew maybe not this year but 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 hundred percent eighteen nineteen and twenty. For three years, we 100% knew they were in full YOLO mode trying to get a ring. They were going to do whatever it took. And that meant in the draft, they weren't looking for multiple players to get depth and fill a bunch of holes. They were looking for a player, a position. We need a defensive end. Go get Marcus Davenport. We need a center. Go get McCoy, right? And they trade up and get them. You know, even in even even in 2021, when they did the draft, they traded up a ton to get Zach Bond because they need a linebacker. They needed a tight end. They traded a bunch of picks for Troutman. Now, especially Andrew, if Teron Armstead walks, if Marcus Davenport walks, if God forbid Jameis walks, then suddenly you go into the draft. You need to fill multiple holes, and you need. Bodies, and I don't want to get Kevin excited because he's the he's the president of the Trey Downs Association. I want to get Kevin excited because it always ends up breaking his heart that they never do it. But I'm just saying, if free agency goes a certain way for the Saints, trading down for multiple picks becomes much much more imperative because they could have incredibly more holes to fill than even they do as we're recording this podcast now, and that makes drafting a wide receiver, to me, even less likely at 18. Yeah, that's interesting, Um, and a good point. 
And uh, look, at 18, there's so many directions the Saints could go, like when you think about it. And I think it's so much of it's going to depend on what they do in free agency, who falls to them, right, at 18. Is there mm-hmm. a guy that they would maybe want to go up and get? But yeah, I think it's true that this draft is both extremely deep and kind of light at the top. And so I don't think you want to move up in this draft, A, unless mm-hmm. unless it's for a quarterback. And B, if there's ever a year you're going to trade down, I think this is it too. So, um, look, this whole offseason, and this is why you become a patron. This is why you sign up. Because That's right. This this free agency period, this draft period, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be Look, I mean, first of all, with our quarterback situation with Armstead, with Williams, that's going to be three breaking news podcasts right there that are worth the price of admission right on their own. You're going to want to know what we think right when it happens. You're going to want to talk with us about this in the chat, in our Discord. You're going to want to read the blog posts that I have about any free agents that the Saints sign. Like, time to become a patron because it's going to come fast, it's going to come furious. And as always, I think it's important to reserve judgment until the final product. After the draft, once you enter camp, mm-hmm. then you assess the roster. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there are some big, big foundational steps that are coming here in the next few weeks. Oh, it, there, there's, there is so many ways this could go. And the one thing about trading down, and Mickey Loomis always says this when the Saints have tried to trade up and fail – just because you want to do it, you need a dance partner, right? And you can have a situation where teams, everybody from 12 on down is like, I want to trade down. I want to trade down. You need a, you need a team that wants to go up and you might need to be willing to be a, be a little bit flexible. Like the draft chart may say, Hey, if the saints move from 18 to 20, you know, 18 to 24 or 26, that's usually a third round pick to move five, six spots down. But a team may, because it's a buyer's market, they may say, hey, you know what? We're only going to give you a pick. It's at the top of the fourth round. Or it's the, it's the, the, the sandwich pick. It's the end of the fourth round. It's a comp pick, right? So the Saints may have to say, or other teams, if you want to move down, you have to take a little less. I, I just think there's so many moving parts to the saints on what they, what they can do. You want to be in this podcast for one, but I, Andrew, I just found this. I think it's incredibly fascinating with the saints from from basically probably the middle of next week when everybody gets back from the combine all the way up till the draft is over because the saints, they could, they can, I have no idea how they're going to look. They could, Resign Armstead, resign Marcus, keep Marcus Williams, uh, keep Jameis, add a receive, add a, a nice, add Jones, like you said, at receiver, draft a bunch of dudes, and we could feel great about it. We could look around the NFC South and be like, hey, they got a real shot to win this. Or Armstead could leave, Marcus Williams could leave, Winston could leave, and suddenly you're like, oh my God, we got Teddy Bridgewater. Alvin Kamara might get suspended. We they didn't really add a receiver in the draft. This is looking like a struggle and uphill to to get back to nine wins. So you don't know how it's going to go. Like I, I just I I mean it's scary in a sense too, but it's fascinating as hell. I can't wait, man. I'm pumped, and uh, 
I just have a feeling, no matter how it plays out, no matter who they lose, no matter how they get, who they get, this team is going to fight to be competitive. They are. Like, they're, I, they're, they're not. They're not slamming the door. They're not taking a step backwards. Like they may end up taking a step backwards in terms of wins and losses, but it's not going to be due to like offseason effort. I can promise you that. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't see them. I just can't see them if Armstead and Marcus Williams both walk out the door. I can't see the Saints not being like, we got to go try to get a tackle. We got to go try to get a safety and free agency. They'll have to do like, they're, they're just not going to let their team erode like, like that and throw up their hands because they don't want to do a few. They don't want to do a full reset. If they wanted to do a full reset, they shouldn't have gone with Dennis Allen as the coach, you know? Um, so we'll see, but it's going to be fascinating. And, you want to be a freaking patron. I'm telling you, starting next week, we are going to be firing out breaking news. We're going to be doing a ton of stuff. Hopefully, we won't have to do it and, twice. And look, look, patrons, you got you, you guys got to help us uh, grow this audience, too. That's so right. Share, like, you know, recommend this to your friends. Let's build this community. Yeah. And, and, and as always, we appreciate you, y'all so much. And we always do. And thanks, God, thanks, guys, for supporting us. Thank you. Sign up. Get in the Discord if you're not. And remember, click on the link to set up your custom RSS feed so the Breaking News Podcast get right in your feed if you're a patron. So, for everybody, thanks for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.